G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. As Christians, one of the most important attributes of a life aligned with Christ may be in our ability to forgive. Being able to forgive breaks a cycle of revenge and sets us free to flourish. And after all, some of the most important words ever spoken were some of the final words of Jesus as he hung on the cross. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. And when he taught his disciples to pray, Jesus included, Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive them that trespass against us. He went on to say, If you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Well, our special guest today is a marriage counsellor and clinical chaplain. He's combined scripture with behavioural science research and professional and personal insight to help navigate the process of forgiveness. Ronald D. Ramsey is the author of the book 40 Days to Forgiveness, a Christian's field guide to the forgiveness journey. Now, Ronald is a clinical chaplain. He's retired from corporate life after a 25-year career as an organization development consultant specializing in large-scale culture change. So he's been right there on the clinical and practical coalface and dealing with this issue today of forgiveness. Ronald D. Ramsey, a special welcome along to 2020. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Ronald, you're a marriage counsellor and clinical chaplain. In your professional experience, how do we tend to struggle with this issue of forgiveness? Well, I think it's a struggle in just about everything we do. It's hard for us to walk through this journey on life without, without judging and holding, holding grudges against people. Uh, we all have a way of uh, thinking about how we should be treated. We have a cherished idea of how we should be treated. And when we're not treated that way, we get upset. And it feels like, a, it feels like an attack. And we are programmed to protect our well-being when we feel like we're under attack. And so it's a very common thing for for us to feel unforgiveness uh, as we walk through this journey. So unforgiveness can lead us to lashing out when things don't go our way, uh, and even revenge. And some of the emotional attachments with all of that uh, don't go away easily. In fact, for some, it can last a lifetime. Is that the case? Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, most of us experience um, not being treated the way we feel we should, starting in our families with our parents. And we carry that those wounds with us throughout our life. And it just gets compounded as we 
continue to experience being transgressed by people throughout our life. As I talk about in 40 Days to Forgiveness, there's different levels of uh, transgressions. And some of them are very small and some of them are very traumatic. And it's not uncommon for us to experience microtransgressions every day of our life. So you have grappled with your own unforgiveness challenges too. How do you reflect on your own experience in all of this? Because perhaps uh, what you've been through in your own journey uh, might be reflective of how you've approached your book. Uh, How do you reflect on your own challenges? Well, I'm the kind of person that needs a step one, two, three. And I just couldn't find any any books or any journal articles that provided me with that. And so because of my own challenges and my own struggle, I chose to take on the challenge of trying to operationalize forgiveness. Uh, that's what I did in my previous career. I took abstract concepts and tried to operationalize them for leaders so they can be more effective. And I tried to apply that same skill, that same principle to forgiveness. So I think about the action model that I've developed uh, almost every day of my life. I ask myself, where am I in the forgiveness process? And I use the information that I wrote in my book to help me get through every day. In fact, I could probably say that I really wrote this book for me. (laughs) (laughs) And And I decided to share it with everybody else. And a lot of people are analytical like that, and they say, give me a three-step program and uh, I'll be able to get through it. And uh, you've come up with a 40-step program because uh, your book is called 40 Days. Uh, You might be reflecting on just a few steps in that forgiveness process, but when you're talking 40 days uh, and a field guide to forgiveness and taking people through all sorts of different ways that they can grapple with their own forgiveness issues, uh, oftentimes it takes 40 days to create those new routines, new habits, and to emerge from that. Is healing from uh, these scourges and the hurts that come from unforgiveness, is it possible in that 40-day period? Well, I think it is. Uh, Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness, and that seemed to be like a magic number for him to be able to transition from a, from a, a, a life of, of being a common person to being a, a minister for God. And Noah uh, spent 40 days watching the rainfall, and it seemed like that was a, an, in, uh, an important period of time for him. So I picked the 40 days because it's important for us to realize that forgiveness doesn't happen quickly. Uh, Time does heal all wounds, but it only heals all wounds when we're intentional about how we spend the time that we're trying to heal the wounds. And so I think what I've tried to do is break down the, the things that we can do in our journey towards forgiveness, uh, into what I felt were manageable bite-sized steps. And those steps came out to take 40 days. I wonder if you can shed any light here, because forgiveness is that thing that can release us from those 
things that have held on to us and those hurts of the past and can give us this new freedom for a future. But some people might be saying, does that forgiveness happen whether you do this in relation to the God of the Bible or not? Is there something special about understanding the sort of forgiveness that Jesus taught and that Jesus demonstrated? Is there something special about that that is really, really going to give us that true freedom that we might be seeking? Well, I believe there is. Um, When I studied what behavioral science has learned about forgiveness, what I realized is really at the core of forgiveness is empathy and compassion. And people who don't walk with the Lord certainly can demonstrate empathy and compassion. It's, It's not a unique skill or a unique capability to Christians. But as Christians, we have the strength of God to rely on to help us to be more empathic. And we have the, the, the model that Christ gave us when he was on the earth of compassion. And when we can build a fire in our own heart that, that represents or, or that, that uh, mirrors what Christ did when he was on the earth, we have a leg up on people that are not walking with the Lord and being able to provide empathy and compassion to those people who have transgressed us. So we have a walking, talking example in the narrative around Jesus and his life and how he dealt with this very important issue of forgiveness. And that has its own amazing divine spiritual dimension to it, that he forgives us our trespasses. Hey, let me come back to Ronald's. The hurts Uh, that accompany forgiveness, because some people think uh, there's just a bit of a sentiment that you deal with in all of this, but there are real hurts that accompany unforgiveness. You mentioned uh, in uh, in introductory sorts of comments, things around family and our parents. What sort of hurts, what do they look like in the life of someone who's carrying around unforgiveness? Wow, that's that's a complex question. Or it's a question that requires a complex answer. So let me let me think about that for a second. Um, well, let me just uh, let me just uh, simplify that. Uh, come back to the parents for a moment, because one of the things you said, one of the things that we often will deal with is the way that we are not forgiving to our parents. A lot of people come from uh, dysfunctional backgrounds. Our parents weren't fabulous. Uh, In fact, some of them abused us uh, physically, emotionally, all sorts of ways uh, that 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 sort of thing can fuel unforgiveness. People will be determined in their hearts not to let go of the anger and the resentment and the almost revenge they feel towards their their parent who's hurt them. Uh, Wonderful for people who have come from wonderful families and great parents, but I'm just picking up on that because you mentioned uh, sometimes we grapple with this unforgiveness from parents uh, earlier on? Yes, uh, John Bowlby was a researcher that talked about attachment, and he talked about how we develop um, an outlook on life based on how we formulate attachments with our primary caregivers very early in our life. And what happens is that creates a pattern in how we respond to the world around us. And what we're looking for in that pattern is um, safe attachments with people, people that we can trust. But we can't, we can't have a 
perfect relationship with our parents when we're growing up. We're born with with a set of emotions that come as standard equipment. And when we're not attended to in a way that helps us resolve um, unmet needs, we develop patterns of responses that carry over throughout our life and that affect how we attach with other people. And when those attachments that we look for with other people don't provide um, the kind of uh, response that we need to meet our needs, then we feel like cherished ideas for how we should be treated are not being met. And when those remind us, even unconsciously remind us of ways that our parents have treated us, it triggers uh, old wounds, wounds that we carry with us from childhood and oftentimes carry with us intergenerationally because our parents bring their wounds with them. So as as we try to resolve how we're going to respond to those unmet needs, uh, those cherished ideas for how we should be, how we should be treated. We have uh, multiple levels of responses that can make us feel mildly or very seriously uh, in need of responding in ways that are bitter or seeking revenge. But what we're really trying to do is protect ourselves and get our needs met. This is 2020 with Neil Johnson, helping you make sense of life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Well, I know you'll be able to hear the quality of the conversation today with our special guest, Ronald D. Ramsey. He is the author of a book called 40 Days to Forgiveness, a Christian's field guide to the forgiveness journey. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. You might have a thought, you might have a question, you might have a comment about our conversation, 1-800-316-316. Ronald, let me just enlarge a little. If we're talking about the sort of hurts that we suffer, Uh, when we have unforgiveness, and whether that's our parents or whether it's the workplace that we're in, whether it's the community that we're a part of, all of these things, we can get offended very easily, we can carry these hurts around. Let me ask you about releasing pain and distress that come along with those hurts, because some people who hold some of these things, and maybe even they're enjoying a revenge experience, but it may be hurtful to them, how do you release pain and distress and get over those hurts? Well, what I've described in my book, 40 Days to Forgiveness, is a model uh, that I call the action model. And each letter in the word action stands for one of the steps in the process of releasing the hurts. Uh, The first step is to acknowledge the depth and the nature of the experience that we've had and what kind of feelings that we're trying to deal with. I mean, we, we certainly all realize that we've been transgressed, but trying to dig underneath that and really understand how we've been impacted by that and how it's affecting us is part of the acknowledging process. The second step is commitment. The research that I studied uh, is pretty consistent in showing that unless we make a commitment to try to forgive, we're not going to move forward with releasing the hurts. Um, and I, I think the key there is try to forgive. It's, it's, uh, 
it's thinking in our mind that we want to give it a go, that we want to try and make things better by forgiving another person and realizing that forgiving them doesn't letting them off the hook. But forgiving them means is really a gift that we give to ourselves. Uh, the T stands for transitioning from uh, a vicious cycle of rumination and thinking about how we want to get even or how we want to get back at people to thinking about the, the things that the scriptures tell us to think about, things that are lovely and pure and good, uh, the kindness are the things that we want to focus our mind on and transitioning our thinking from the, the negative thoughts that we have about how we would like to get back at the person that's hurt us to uh, the things that Christ would have us think about, looking at the other person from a Christ-like point of view. When we're... The I is internalization. Yep. Yep. The I is internalization. And internalization is the process that is kind of central or, or the key fulcrum to releasing uh, forgiveness, and that is uh, spiritual maturity. Uh, what I call spiritual maturity is prayer, meditation, uh, scripture study, and fellowship. Unless we're doing those four things in our life, we're not developing ourselves, uh, and, and uh, we're not we're not really fanning the flames of the Holy Spirit in our life, and that that means that we're trying to manage forgiveness on our own without the strength of Christ. Um, openness means being open to change, being open and willing to think of people differently, think of them with our heart instead of with our mind. And then the end stands for nurturing a different way of looking at our narrative about what's happened. Now, that's kind of a long-winded response, but I believe that action model embodies not only all the steps that behavioral science teaches us, but also all the things that the scriptures teach us about how to release the unforgiveness that we're feeling in our life. Ronald, let's take a call. We have a listener, Stephanie, in Sydney. Uh, Stephanie, welcome along. Hi, how are you? Very well, Stephanie. What are your thoughts or a question for our guest? Well, I had to work through a period of forgiveness with my husband who abandoned me um, shortly after my mother passed away. And I must say, at the beginning, I mean, I didn't have feelings of forgiveness, but I had to work through it. In saying that, I had to set aside my feelings. And because I loved my husband still, I think it might have been an easier process, even despite what he had done to me. Um, I knew that God loved him and that there may have been reasons for what he had done. Um, I'm not excusing his behaviour, but it helped me to release the pain and the anger over that period of time. Stephanie, wonderful, and thank you so much for being so open, sharing your story. Ronald, what are your thoughts as you hear of Stephanie's uh, story? Well, I, I appreciate you calling and sharing. It's it's a very challenging journey, and it sounds like you found a way to move from anger and hurt to 
uh, releasing that anger and hurt and seeing your husband through the uh, the lens that God looks at him through. I would be curious to know how has the Lord been a strength to you in your journey, on your forgiveness journey? Stephanie. The Lord has been a wonderful support for me. I mean, if it wasn't, if I wasn't a Christian, I don't think I would be able to do this. It's only in, through his power that I'm able to forgive my husband. And um, I saw him in how the Lord saw him. And I belong to a group on Facebook, a Christian uh, group uh, for women whose husbands have abandoned them. And one way we look at it we look at our spouses as how God looks at them. And it might be as, you know, they're like a broken child that needs rescuing. Now, to some people, um, they might say, well, you know, karma's going to get him back. No, karma's not going to get him back. The Lord has... I've forgiven him in my heart, and I pray for him. And prayer is very important that has helped my journey is the power of prayer because I pray for my husband and I'm able to forgive him. Stephanie, wonderful insight there. Uh, any further comment there from you, Ronald? Well, I think, Stephanie, uh, you're illustrating a, a little a little uh, phrase that I have that I learned from one of my professors in college. And that is that it's easier to act our way into a better way of feeling than to feel our way into a better way of acting. And it's pretty clear that you've really taken some important steps and some important actions to help you be able to transition to see your husband from the perspective that God sees him. And I really commend you for Stephanie. your faith. Stephanie, thank you so much for calling in and uh, open-heartedly just uh, telling your story. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. You might have an insight to offer. You might have a question or a comment. You might even have a critique for our conversation. Uh, We're just a couple of minutes out from news. Ronald, just on the back of Stephanie's story, and uh, she said she loved her husband, even though he had abandoned her. Is it easier to work through issues around forgiveness if you get a a, a a disposition like that right of love instead of actually harboring hatred uh, because you've been hurt by someone abandoning you any thoughts th- around that yeah the the transition step in my model is 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 where i talk about that um it's a conscious decision to try to transition the way we're thinking about the person that's transgressed us. Uh, forgiveness is not a feeling. It's not, it's not hoping that we can feel differently about somebody else. It's a set of actions that we can take for how we shift the way we think about that person, the way we respond from our heart to that person. And I love what Stephanie said about prayer and praying for her husband. Uh, that's certainly one way that we can uh, move ourselves in, in a, from a vicious cycle of rumination about the bitterness and negative intentions we have 
to thinking about the person from a godly perspective. Hey, Ronald, why don't we take another call or two? James is on the line from St. George in Queensland. Hi, James. Welcome. Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah, appreciate it. James, what are your thoughts? Oh, look, I just, um, I'm, uh, the, the lady that was um, just sharing before really resonated with me about, you know, feeling abandoned and, and um, I'm actually right in the thick of a separation with my um, my wife at the moment and um, I know it's because of things, you know, in my past and in her past um, um, and perhaps even generational things that we've really brought that sort of baggage into, into our marriage and, um, and and the one thing that the Lord has really been speaking with me, and I just really want to share it with people out there, and for um, you know all the all the blokes, I suppose, who you know like myself, who haven't seen seen our kids in a long time, and who love their wives and want reconciliation, is just to is just to know your enemy. Um, in Ephesians, it says, "For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers." of this darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And I just feel that for me, in order to forgive my wife, which that's the journey that I'm on and and, and her parents and other people, I guess, who, who are involved, is just, it's just to know that they are God's children. They are his sheep. And just like a good shepherd, you know, he'll go... And um, he'll go and gather them. He's not going to let one wander off and and um, and not go and get it. And and I just yeah. So I just really feel I wanted to share that. And, and James, um, I agree with everything. I'm you're saying, glad yeah. you called in. And thanks so much and for sharing your story and actually sharing your yeah. heart in this. Uh, Ronald Ramsey yeah. uh, is our guest. Ronald, Ronald, what are your thoughts for James as you're hearing wow. his his story? Wow, you hit the nail on the head. Satan is really at the core of unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is bait that he dangles in front of us to try and get us to turn against God and our behavior. And we learn that from the story of Job. He wants us, he wants to show that when God doesn't bless us, that we'll turn against him. And forgiveness is a way that he dangles that bait in front of us. It's a, it's a fiery dart that he fires at us. And putting on the armor of God is a way for us to combat unforgiveness. So you've really hit the nail on the head. That's that's what unforgiveness is about down in the trenches. Any further thought from you, James? Oh, absolutely. And I was just going to mention the rest of Ephesians. And I really urge people who are struggling with their relationships because What's the one thing as Christians, what's the one thing that Satan wants to attack? He, he's not so much interested in the world and worldly people. He's interested in, in, in Christian families like mine. He's interested in my children. Why? Because he knows Scripture. He knows that God has brought, he's brought myself and my wife together, um, you know, because he's seeking godly offspring. And, and I just want, I want to urge people out there who are struggling like I am to put on the full armor of God to understand and actually unpack what that means um, and abide in Jesus Christ because he's the one. He is the one. If it's, it's not going to be your solicitors or anyone or the law courts that are going to sort your battles out. If you, if you really want, um, you know, if you really want to see your wife, you know, come back into a right relationship with the Lord, 
and um, or, or whoever it may be, you know, bring it before the Lord. James, created all things. Just uh, wonderful insights again, and uh, just uh, honour to you as you keep Jesus at the centre of the challenging time that you're going through. And uh, no doubt, uh, listeners to our conversation now might uh, just uh, spare a special prayer for you in your circumstances. Uh, we'll just uh, hold off. We may well have a, a prayer for uh, people who are suffering with issues around uh, forgiveness and uh, going through challenging times like you. But James, thank you so much for calling in today and being part of 2020. Let's take another call. Wayne is in Glen Innes in New South Wales. Hi, Wayne. Welcome. Hi. How are you? Very well, Wayne. What are your thoughts? Well, first of all, I'll give you a bit of uh, my background um, in re-education. I informally um, studied metaphysics to the point where I was given an honorary doctorate by Cambridge. Now, I am a Christian by choice because I believe that God gives us a choice and it's a silly person that doesn't take it up, but we do have that choice. And um, the thing that I found the most through the metaphysics was understanding others so that um, even if they didn't believe in what I believed in, we could still have some sort of daytime, you know, agree to disagree. Um, so that makes a, a more harmonious um, uh, community. Good if you've got two people on the same page and uh, you can agree on some foundations. Not everyone does. Let me bring Ronald into this conversation and there's only a little bit there and we might not be able to hear the whole story here, but for Wayne and Glenn Innes, Ronald, what are your thoughts about uh, understanding choice and uh, metaphysics as, as Wayne's been sharing? Well, I think if we were to apply metaphysics to unforgiveness, what we'd find is that the heart, is the thing that is the most metaphysical part of our being. Uh, One of the things that I do in 40 Days to Forgiveness is I really get into what the Bible says about the heart and what the heart is. And what happens is that when we are unforgiving, we build a stronghold around our heart. And when Christ is living in our heart, he can't get out and shine to other people when we have... uh, walls of unforgiveness keeping him in. Strongholds were something that people built in ancient times in order to protect and keep in some valued possession. Well, the valued possession for us is in our heart is the likeness of Christ. And when we break down those walls of unforgiveness, the likeness of Christ begins to show through us to other people. And that's a very mystical spiritual uh, occurrence. It's something that we don't have a scientific explanation for, but we do have a spiritual, godly explanation for that. So I very much believe that there's a metaphysical part to how we experience the world and how we respond to the world and how we deal with unforgiveness in our lives. Wayne and Glenn Innes, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line remains open on 1-800-316-316. Let's take another call. Lawrence is in Perth, Western Australia. Hello, Lawrence. Welcome. 
Oh, thank you. Um, I've got a, um, some comments, please. Over um, uh, some time, it's dawned on me for so long, I've been letting what I've experienced in the past determine my present, and if I don't change my thinking and approach, my unchangeable past will continue to de determine my future. I've written this down, and I'm talking to you now from what I've written down. Um, there have been some interesting triggers, including um, some biblical counselling I've been doing, which I found out about those triggers, and have been undertaking turning to your radio station as well. And um, I listen to Pastor Ken Lee, and he has those 10-minute six segments on weekdays uh, entitled Set Free. And um, it's got me thinking about my unchangeable past, my present, and my changeable future. Of note, he says that some have been taught that to be free from an unfortunate past, some individuals have to revisit every adverse event and bring it to God's altar to have it dealt with. And until they do this, they will not be free. But his, uh, Ken's uh, view is different. And I've written down, if the sun sets you free, you shall be free indeed. Yes, freedom so important. Uh, Lawrence, I'll just cut in here because we'll get a thought or two from our guest, Ronald. But I wonder if we were picking up on, and Ronald might not be so familiar with that wonderful counsel that comes from Ken Legg. Uh, but Ronald, uh, the thought of triggers, uh, things from our past uh, that, Perhaps we felt like we had dealt with. Now and then, there'll be things that trigger us and we'll recognise that there is revenge and those things that keep us from the sort of emotional peace that we might be wanting to experience. And uh, I wonder if you've got a thought or two here around those sorts of triggers for Lawrence. Well, yeah, I could talk about that for a while. Uh, in the last chapter of the book that uh, on 40 Days to Forgiveness, I talk about how um, forgive we can we can forgive people, but we really never forget. Once we've experienced a transgression, we can't unexperience it. And so, even though we've forgiven people, we have to continually nurture all of what we've gone through uh, in the in the journaling process in the thirty eight days of the book, uh, because. Anything can come up that can remind us of the transgression that we experience. And when it comes up, it'll trigger us and it'll bring a rush of all those old feelings back. And what we need to do is bring every thought captive uh, to the love of Christ and to the mind of Christ. And I believe one way that we do that is through scripture study. When we build um, a strong memory of scripture and we burn that scripture on our heart, then we can bring our thoughts captive to that scripture, to the word of God. And that can help us to deal with the triggers that, that um, re-infiltrate our life uh, after we've gone through the forgiveness process. Wonderful. Lawrence in Perth, thank you so much for your call. Uh, there still may, may be time for another call or to 1-800-316-316. This thought of emotional peace, is this something you, uh, Ronald, uh, would see as a goal, perhaps for every believer? Because the opposite to that might be emotional turmoil, 
we might find ourselves in that, living in the moment today or triggered from those things of our past, those times when we feel like others have hurt us, uh, those in our family, those in our workplace, those in our community. But emotional peace, is this something of a, you know, is this like you know, an expectation that maybe there's something out there that I, I should be aspiring to? Is there something you can attain in emotional peace? Well, it's human nature to try and achieve homeostasis, which means uh, creating a balance between stress and eustress in our lives, positive stress and negative stress. And our well-being is determined to some extent by how well we can do that. Emotional peace is something that can help contribute to our ability to maintain uh, a balance in our life between feeling that our well-being is being threatened and feeling that our well-being is is intact and on the right track. And unforgiveness is something that challenges us to feel that our well-being is being threatened. Uh, So forgiveness is something that brings uh, a sense of emotional peace to how we feel our well-being is being nurtured and being uh, taken care of in our lives. Let's take one more call. Shelby is in Brisbane. Hi, Shelby. Welcome along. Hello, Neil. Um, I didn't get your friend's name. I Ronald. Ronald is our guest. Ronald, yes. Good morning, Ronald. Um, yeah, mate, look, um, good morning. Um, I just think that... The, yeah, good morning. Um, I just think that uh, the good Lord's got it well worked out. You know, when we forgive... Um, we're forgiven anyway, but uh, when we forgive, we're free. We don't hold the grudge. We don't hold um, any hurt. Well, we do, you know, may have a little bit of hurt, and that's the thing. But we, you know, we are released of um, any great um, trauma, in a sense, I believe, uh, through the good Lord uh, in, in that forgiveness. And, you know, like, I know, just looking at Ukraine, the, and... And there's some good Russians that are protesting and getting locked up for it. Um, and then I know from understanding uh, from the news and that, that um, Ukrainians and Russians, uh, and Russians, a lot of them are related. Um, it's a terrible situation. And even my good friend, who's a very good Christian as well, he, uh, he even said to me, he said, oh, I wish um, someone would take um, Putin out. Well, I tend to think that... Um, um, the powers to be, they're frightened of that third world war, sure. Um, but um, I do think if they all banded together, I think they could, um, and they would have satellites from where, where Putin's... Shelby, you're taking us into a really uh, bigger dimension. I mean, I guess a lot of the things we're talking about today have been forgiveness-oriented around personal things that we might have held on to, uh, family offences, things that happened in our local world, so to speak. But you're taking us into a really big dimension here. And uh, when it's war and nation against nation, uh, when it's big picture uh, issues here, and we might even say that there could be political ideologies that are against one another and offended by one another and feeling this sense of unforgiveness and revenge that can overtake us on bigger, bigger dimensions, like uh, whether it's the politics or whether it's the international relations. And I wonder whether, uh, you know, jumping into a deep area here and not a lot of time to talk about it, Ronald, uh, Shelby's 
introduced a different dimension here. How does this sort of thing affect us in our emotional peace? And is forgiveness an issue when it comes to nation versus nation? Well, I think it's important for us to remember what the cultural context was in the time of Christ. Uh, there were believers, the zealots, who believed that Jesus was a king who came to release them from Roman rule. And what Jesus is really all about is a more organic releasing of people's uh, animosity and, and struggles in the world that they're in, and to bring peace to people wherever they are in their political and, and ideological views about the world. Uh, just like he encouraged people to uh, to not fight against the Romans, but to love one another, I think that what we're all about is letting the love of Christ shine through us in the way that we forgive other people. Uh, when we're forgiving the other people, we're actually doing what I believe is a form of missionary work. When Christ left the world, he left us to carry on the work that he was doing. And one of the ways that we can carry on that work is to be a vehicle through which his love can shine into the world. And forgiveness is one of the ways that we can do that. Shelby, thank you so much for your call. And just a few minutes remaining for our conversation. I know there'll be listeners uh, thinking through issues of their own hearts of forgiveness and relying on some of those practical things that I do right now. Now, your book is called 40 Days to Forgiveness, Ronald, and, of course, uh, there's practical suggestion in all of that, that a 40-day process, a Christian's field guide to the forgiveness journey. And uh, I wonder whether if we might just touch on some of the practical things for listeners today who might be thinking, what can I take away from this? You mentioned prayer. You mentioned, yes, study the Bible because in memorizing scripture you get strong in those ways that you're able to uh, adapt to situations when those triggers come uh, there's another thought on writing things down some people are into journaling I wonder if we just as we conclude our conversation some of those takeaways if you're dealing with unforgiveness and it really is uh, causing you to feel hurt uh, emotional strain and distress uh, how do you over overcome those things on a practical uh, foundation well i think journaling is one of the things that um research has shown us has a tremendous effect on our ability to deal with difficulties in our life uh, there's been some research done on happiness for example it shows that people who journal um, on the gratitude that they feel in their life tend to show a higher level of happiness in their existence than people that don't journal and don't think about gratitude. When we think about gratitude and we think about what we're thankful for and we meditate on that and we meditate on how the love of God has created uh, blessings for us in the world that we're in, when we write that down, it's a way for us to begin to transition our thinking from negative thoughts to the more positive thoughts of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all the things that Paul talks about in his letter to Galatians. And when we can transition our thinking to those, those kinds of thoughts, 
we begin to move our heart from being captive inside of a wall from un- of unforgiveness to being released. Uh, prayer is also one of our uh, call-ins talked about how much prayer is meant for her in praying for her husband that's abandoned her and scripture studying, committing it to our hearts and committing it to our memories, but also the importance of fellowship and, and spending our time with like-minded believers who we can get encouragement from and who we can experience love from in the different difficult times that we're experiencing in our own life. So I think those are the four most practical things that I talk about that I think we can focus on to help us with unforgiveness. Ronald, I just note that as we took calls through the hour, some of the common thread that went through some of those calls were broken relationships and marriage issues and uh, sometimes the broken marriage, uh, keeping uh, in one of those calls uh, fathers separated from their own children. All sorts of good reasons to feel revenge, to feel hurt and to have those things impact our lives. I wonder whether I can ask you to lead us in a short prayer uh, for people who might be thinking, you know, I'm going through this stuff. And uh, I wonder whether you could lead us in that short prayer, Ronald, just for people who might be experiencing these uh, effects and hurts of unforgiveness at the moment. I wonder if can you lead us, please? Sure, I'd be glad to. Well, gracious God, we just uh, come to you now with supplication for these people that have called in, but also for all the people that can relate to the struggles that they're having. We pray that you would be with us in our self-centeredness in our own lives and that you would help us to release our self-centeredness to become more loving, more more forgiving, and more accepting of the people that are around us. Give us the strength and the compassion to let your love and your light show through us, through our heart, into the lives of other people. And give us the peace that comes through understanding and and developing a mind like yours and viewing the world from your perspective. We pray that you be with all the listeners that are here today and that you just give them a heart for pursuing this challenge of unforgiveness and finding ways to create peace and harmony in their own hearts, but also in their life with other people. And we pray for all the broken relationships. We pray that if it's in your will, that you will bring those relations back together and bring harmony into their being. We ask this all in your son's name, who died for us, that we could have a hope for eternal life. Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. And for listeners who want to get a hold of Ronald's book, it's called 40 Days to Forgiveness, A Christian's Field Guide to the Forgiveness Journey. You'll be able to access that at online booksellers. And if you remember that name, Ronald D. Ramsey, he's the author of that book. There is a website you can connect with Ronald D. Ramsey. 40 days, that's 40 the number, 40 days to forgiveness.com. 40 days to forgiveness.com. 
And I mentioned forgiveness coaching is what you can do uh, from a website and from an online foundation, online platform there. Uh, Just very, very quickly, Ronald, uh, forgiveness coaching. Some might not have heard of that before, but uh, something you can join into, I guess, as a group. And and if you're going through some really challenging times, uh, accessing that coaching and then be able to overcome it. Actually, I won't be, I can't get a whole lot of detail because we're running short of time. But Ronald D. Ramsey has been our guest, Ronald. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. Okay, just very quickly, 40, it needs to be spelled out, F-O-R-T-Y, 40 days to forgiveness, not the number 40. Okay, I've uh, I've got a website with the 4-0 on it, So, but uh, for listeners, 40, spell that out, uh, or you can find it with a 4-0, but 40days2forgiveness.com. Ronald, thanks for joining us. Thank you. I appreciate the time. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.